Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. T. Higgins straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 131 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. Yes, we've been away for a few weeks, but uh, obviously we're back because uh, you're hearing us talk through your um, wireless speakers. Um, Welcome along. We've got a nice packed show. We've got plenty of news items. Unfortunately, the one thing we don't have is uh, Nathan Palmer, who's off this week. I won't tell you where, but uh, fortunately... We do have Jamie Rowe standing in for him. Jamie, welcome back to Cincinnati. All right, Paul, how are you doing? What a fantastic uh, fantastic event it is to see your face on this lovely <laughs> evening. That's almost like Nathan was here, I have to say. But, um, uh, yeah, are you going to talk like that throughout the entire podcast, do you think? I, I don't think I can... Um... I can keep it going for for the entire time. I, 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 it was difficult just to do it then. <laughs> yeah, it kind of uses muscles in your mouth that you don't normally use. And uh, I think I've tried to talk Cockney uh, for a prolonged period of time. And my mouth and muscles really hurt for some reason after speak. Is there any accent that you can't do? Well, I mean, Cockney's one of those that, that I really can't do. When, when I was in school, yeah. um, they were doing auditions for Oliver, and I started doing Cockney, and it um, <laughs> kind of came out a bit Aussie. And then they did South Pacific the year after, and they wanted a general American one, and I just did an impression of Pat Summerall, and that didn't work. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've wrestled with the Welsh language, as long-term listeners will know very well on this podcast. But I went to Wales on holiday last year, and within two days, I couldn't stop putting on a Welsh accent. However good it was, I'm not quite sure, but surprised I didn't kick, get kicked out of the country. But um, accents aside, as I say, we've got uh, quite a packed show. We do have a, um, a fantastic special guest, one of the newest Cincinnati Bengals. It's Wyatt Hubert, the defensive end out of Kansas State. Is coming up in a little while. Um, managed to get uh, a little bit of time with Wyatt in between uh, Zoom meetings and virtual uh, stuff that they're doing at the moment. Of course, OTA start next week, I believe. And when I say next week, we're recording this on Wednesday the nineteenth. So twenty uh, fourth, I think, is the is the is the day that um, OTAs. Uh, actually take place and there's been some chatter about the the kind of um, the take up how many players will take it up because it is voluntary um, are you expecting I mean I, I think that the players will with everything that's happened in the past year I think a lot of players will want to get back and, and especially with the rookies and whatnot they'll, they'll be keen to get back won't they I would be well I mean no uh, uh... You know, you've seen a lot from other teams where they've decided as a collective to pull out of these um, these voluntary activities. And there's been nothing from Cincinnati. There's been nothing from the Bengals. You would have thought that by now they would have said something about 
you know, what their position on it was going to be, whether or not they're going to do it. I'm expecting people to be there. I'm expecting um, there to be, you know, decent protocols in place, though that did get criticised last year. Um, hopefully they've all popped down to the local CVS, got um, got an armful of Johnson & Johnson or an armful of Pfizer, yeah. and uh, they're, they're on their way. Um, I hope none of the quarterbacks have got an arm. Uh, armful of it just before. <laughs> yeah, practice. right. Yeah, it's going to look like Ryan Finley. Yeah. Um, well, we've got a lot of news to get through, so let's let's try and get through it in uh, chronological. Well, not chronological, but some sort of order. Yes, Joe Burrow is back to. I better turn this down, actually. Uh, Joe Burrow is back to full strength, apparently, because uh, lots of things have come out in the past couple of days. He's expected and cleared by doctors, apparently, to make his 2021 debut uh, in week one, which is pretty amazing. We've got the fixture uh, list for the uh, the upcoming season, and the Bengals sign a new wide receiver. So lots to talk about. That is John Craven's news round from like about 1976 when I was very, very young indeed. But anyway, right. First things first, Joe Burrow. Um, a report came out yesterday. I think Adam Schefter um, uh, tweeted out something saying uh, from a doctor that Joe Burrow is basically good to go. And I mean, these ACL injuries seem to take shorter and shorter to to kind of recover from don't they i mean i think we were all kind of expecting joe to be back by certainly by the um the first game but he looks as though he might be back for training camp which is really amazing i think yeah you don't want to push him too quickly um so it's dr neil alatrash uh who is the uh leading um knee guy in the nfl he's been working with uh joe burrow and um andrew whitworth over um, over the past few months, getting their knees back in shape. Um, Dr. Elatrash has reattached the um, the pesky ligaments that okay. um, popped away in Burrow's knee. And, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's nothing that we weren't expecting, um, but it's, it's good to hear. And it kind of does away with that situation where you're thinking, oh, we'll... we'll they have to go in with Brandon Allen for a couple of weeks yeah. um, while Joe's getting fit. I don't think that's going to be the case. Now, whether Joe is back for preseason, that's a question. I, I wouldn't risk him too much in that. Um, but there are plenty of quarterbacks on the roster um, that we can have a look at. I, I mean, I listened to hear that podcast ground this morning and Jay was saying that the two... Uh, on, you know the rookie free agents that that were in rookie minicamp last week didn't look very good at all. So uh, it's Brandon Allen on nothing really at the moment. So, um, but yeah, it's astonishing. And if he does make a uh, make week one, that will be really fantastic. And that would I think that would give everyone a real shot in the arm. Um, but like you, I, I do wonder whether they're going to sort of risk him for pre season. Um, but then again, if he's got the if he's got the the kind of the green light to to go and play, then I think you know 
He's got to be kind of... Because when I did my ACL in, again, not making any comparisons to a professional sports person at all, I could run in a straight line. And that was the other th- that was the thing. They always said, you can run in a straight line, but once you start moving around and side to side, and that's when it really puts pressure on on the new ligaments and the new joints and whatever they've done inside. Um, uh, so, it, I mean, it took me nine months or so to get back to... Um, I want to say full fitness, but the fitness that I was at before I did my ACL in. So, but you know, these guys, these, they've got cryo chambers and, you know, they've got some sort of Frankenstein uh, thing. Going. They're also incredibly young. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That is the big difference. I think, you know, A, they're really fit anyway, B, they're really young and C, they've got access to state of the art facilities and doctors who will take, pieces of toenail and make it into a ligament for them do you know what i mean so um yeah i mean that's going to give everyone a real shot in the arm isn't it i think with joe back yeah uh, yeah it's, it's great news and we need positivity throughout this part of the season um because when the real season comes around that that positivity <laughs> might uh, might have to uh, go on the back burner yeah but it was rookie minicamp last last week, and again, uh, you know, you don't expect anything major from rookie minicamp. But it's a big moment for those rookies, and we'll hear from Wyatt Hubert a little bit later about uh, rookie minicamp and how he felt. Um, but again, a, another massive boost of positivity. Jamar Chase was out there running around catching passes. Uh, telling everyone that he's been pleasantly surprised with Cincinnati, and it's a bit more than a than a piece of land, which I, th- I thought was quite a, quite a funny comment. Um, but again, that's a lovely thing to see, isn't it? Jamar Chase running around and all our guys out there just kind of in stripes. Yeah, um, and it's it's the start of the season, really. It's the start of um, the pre-season and, and gearing up towards kind of August, September, when we're going to start seeing them in, in real action. Um I mean, I wouldn't take any conclusions from from what you've seen from uh, Rookie Minicamp. I, I had a look at the James Rapine video um, that he put Not out. Not that um, video, surely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I, Go I ahead. Suggest. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, you know, it's, it's, there were a couple of interesting things from it. Um, it was interesting seeing Chris Evans used quite a lot as a, as a wide receiver. Yes. And I wonder if he is in for that um, that sort of jet sweep role or the guy who's running um, the kind of underneath routes that, that Mike Thomas yeah. uh, was doing last year. And, you know, he could well be in the mix this year. Um, did I tell you about how I uh, chose Chris Evans as my draft crush and one to watch? Did I ever tell you about that? No? Go for it. No, no, I'm joking. That, that was it, basically. I'm never right on these things. So um, it's good to see him. And he still has the, the most amazing hair uh, in the world, I think. The, he's got this kind of cameo-style afro that goes kind of straight upwards like a skyscraper. He's brilliant. Um as you'll hear with Wyatt, I'm slightly ob- obsessed with hair, only because uh, mine is rapidly diminishing. So, um, uh, but yeah, you're right. I think they. I want, I mean, that was one of the big things of him coming out of college. You know, he was great at you know catching passes out of the backfield. So, um, 
I wonder if they're just giving him an early taste of what might uh, might uh, might they want him to do. You know, um, um, who else can we talk about a rookie minicamp there? Uh, well, the Bengals made a signing for a start. Uh, Trent Taylor, uh, a free agent wide receiver who was previously at the uh, San Francisco 49ers. He's a he's a slot receiver. He's a punt returner. In 2017, he, um, let's have a look, played 15 games, returned 30 punts, 281 yards at, uh, uh, let's have a look, 9.4 yards per return. 2018, uh, he was injured a hell of a lot. 2020, he, he played 12 games, only nine returns for 112 yards and uh, 12.4 yards per return. Um I have to admit, I don't know the guy too much, um, but all the reports I've said that he could well be, if he stays injury-free, um, he could be an upgrade on Ericsson. Yeah, well, well, wide receiver wasn't a position that they targeted that much in the draft. Obviously, they, they mm. took Jamal Chase. Um, but in terms of wide receiver depth, they didn't really add to the guys that are going to be sort of fourth, fifth, sixth, on this roster, it's an uphill battle for Trent Taylor. Um, it wasn't a hugely great sign that he, he came to rookie minicamp and nobody recognised him um, really or, or knew who he was. And it was all who's this who's this geezer wearing eighteen? Yeah, how dare he? Um, so I mean, at least he's changed numbers. He's taken up the um, number of the now sadly departed John Ross. Yeah, uh, he's not dead. He's just sort yeah. of, you know, he's just moved to the Jets, hasn't yeah, he? So it's not Jets; it's just dead tours. Yes, is it the Jets or the Giants? No, it's the Giants, isn't it? He, he went to the Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see if he sticks around. Yeah. Um, well, we wish him well. We do. I, I wish him well. You know. Um, yeah. I mean, it was weird. How? Where do you stand on the whole kind of someone taking AJ's number? Is it? I mean, I think it's fine. You know, because everyone, as I say, new players come and old players go, and yes, the number is very is synonymous with AJ, but, um, you know, someone's got to have it. But it, I guess it psychologically almost puts pressure on the new guy as well, right? Yeah, I, I don't I don't enormously care. I mean, at the moment, there's, <laughs> there's eight to four players yeah. on, the, on the roster. We can have up to 90 for, for mm. pre-season. You know, we're not a team that, that, that retires a lot of numbers. We've got one number retired and we've got a few that are a bit funny about giving out. Yeah. Uh, um, you don't have a lot of choice outside um, outside of those numbers. So if, if he's coming in as a wide receiver, he hasn't really got that many jersey numbers to choose from. Obviously, mm. they've changed the rules. He could have one up in the 40s, but the aesthetics of that are, are horrific. Yes, that's right. It doesn't quite make sense, really. Um, are you surprised that um, they're not giving uh, Darius Phillips more of a go, or do you just think they're just they just really like his tweets and they just want to mess with his head so much that he'll just tweet uh, ambiguously for the rest of time? Because uh, he was, I thought he was pretty decent as a prompt returner, and certainly in his first couple of years. Yeah, um, I mean, it was it was always that they had Ericsson out there as the safe pair of hands, he'd go out sort of fair catch 20 times a year. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Darius Phillips would come in and reel a really big one off 
and you thought, oh, well, that's great. We we should see more of him, and then they didn't. So I don't know if there's something that that we don't know about Darius Phillips and, and punt returning. Yeah, he is involved a lot on defense. He's probably involved a lot more on defense than than yeah. Alex Hansen was on offense, and Trent Taylor probably will be on offense if he sticks around. Um, but I like Darius as a as a punt returner. I like him as a cornerback. Yeah, no, I do too, and I. It's curious to me that they're not putting huge amounts of trust in him, but I guess that's that's a coach's thing, really, isn't it? That's what they get paid the big bucks. Um, um, so we have made a signing, and rookie minicamp is over and done. The, the players have had their first uh, taste of Paul Brown Stadium, uh, and one of those players has been... Um, uh, White Hubert, who we uh, drafted in the seventh round, and uh, I managed to get some time with Wyatt, as I said earlier in the in the show. Um, in between kind of meetings and Zoom chats and all the rest of it, so uh, here's a bit of Wyatt. Well, as promised, we have a an actual Bengals player, and I'm very pleased to say. It is number 56 of the Cincinnati Bengals. One of the newest Cincinnati Bengals. It's defensive end, Wyatt Hewitt. Wyatt, how are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. How does that sound? Number 56 of the Cincinnati Bengals. Has it sunk in yet? Uh, well, you know, I'm excited to be here. And, uh, yeah, it has sunk in, honestly. Um, uh, I know I'm here for a reason, and the coaches wanted me uh, part of the team in that program so um, it's my responsibility just to show up um, as a rookie and just um, get on the field as quickly as possible and uh, just make an impact on the field. Now with everything that has gone on in the past year the COVID situation the remote meetings the uh, the kind of craziness when it comes to actual game days both in college and in the professional uh, ranks what was it actually like to get into Cincinnati last week when we've seen you smiling, the broadest smile ever I think I've seen when you were signing your contract? That, I mean, this is kind of dreams becoming reality, right? Of course. Um, you know, obviously not just me, but with everyone, there's been a lot of controversy and a lot of adversity, you know, the last, last year, especially with the pandemic going on. But, um, you know, everyone, you know, remained calm and went through it and, um, like I said, you know, I'm just lucky to be here, um, you know, signing my contract yesterday. You know, that was an amazing feeling, um, such an awesome, you know, blessing for sure. Uh, but like I said, you know, I can't wait to get to work. I'm very excited to represent this program for sure. Did you take part in rookie mini camp last week? Were you actually yes, on? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that must have been also been a big moment to actually get the uniform on and run around Paul Brown Stadium and – um is it difficult I, I don't know is it you tell me because obviously i'm just a fan five thousand miles away but is it difficult to kind of focus it's kind of like right well right i've got to focus now after all the the fun and games of draft night and the lead up to the draft and but now i'm actually on a football field is it difficult to focus uh no it's not difficult to focus really you know that's a part of you know being an NFL football player is uh, knowing when to flip the switch and knowing when to turn it off in certain situations and certain scenarios. Um, so, you know, you have to enjoy those fun times, those times that, you know, are once in a lifetime type of things. Uh, you know, once I threw that jersey on, went out to practice, um, you know, I knew it was time to flip that switch on. It was time to get to work. 
um, and play the same game that I've been playing, you know, since I was seven or eight years old. Um, you know, no matter how, how big the stadium, what level of football you're playing at, um, it's the same game played between the same white lines. And um, But like I said, it, it truly is a blessing. And, you know, you have to enjoy um, all those fun times for sure and all those, you know, all those times that you only get to experience once or twice in your life, uh, mm-hmm. like the draft, for example. Uh, but like I said, you know, once I threw the jersey on and got there in the field, I knew it was time to get to work and time to improve. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about what kind of player you are, because as fans, we are we're going, who's this guy? Who are we drafted? Who is this guy? And everything that pops off on the YouTube videos of you, your interviews, you're a smart, likable guy. You're insane on the football field. You've got this incredible motor. I mean, you had a great 2020, didn't you? You, you were kind of voted on the first team, all Big 12. You had like, I believe, eight and a half sacks. You know, you had a great 2020. We, I mean, what are we getting with White Hubert? What, what kind of guy and what kind of player are we going to be cheering you on on a Sunday? Yeah, definitely. You know, what you're going to get out of me is a guy that's going to help improve the program, help improve uh, the culture and help improve the team. Um, you know, you, we all play this game for one specific reason, that's to win the Super Bowl. Um, and I believe, you know, having a guy like myself and, and the Bagels program is not just going to help uh, the team and program get to that goal and accomplish that goal for sure. And as a player, you're quite versatile, aren't you? Because you can put your hands in the ground and rush off the edge or you can be a bit more of an outside backer. What, what is that? Is that, do you think... Uh, one of the benefits of your game? Definitely. Uh, I mean, you know, in college, you know, having to play multiple different positions, uh, that put a lot of stress on me, you know, learning uh, multiple different positions and learning mm. to play multiple different positions. Uh, but it was something I could handle and it's something that the coaches knew I could handle. Um, you know, now here, uh, obviously I'm taking it one step at a time, learning one position at a time. But uh, I'd say within, you know, a year or two, I'll definitely – um, know the playbook down to a T, not just at my position, but many other different positions as well. Uh, because the more you know, the more uh, the higher IQ is, the faster you can play, and the more plays you can make. Um, what are you expecting with the NFL? What, what have you found so far? I know it's only rookie mini camp, and you, but you've been in meetings. I mean, how has it been? Has there been a big jump in in technicality or language or verbiage, or how have you found things so far? Yeah, well, the game of football, you know, almost all things on defense and on offense are similar, but the verbiage is always different depending on what team you're with, you know, what league you're in. So um, adjusting to the verbiage is always something new for sure. Um, but one thing I've definitely learned is, you know, the margin of error is a lot smaller for sure. Um, you know, if the coaches, you know, coach you or correct you on something, uh, you need to fix it after the first time they tell you to fix it, not after the second or third time. Um, but, you know, that's that's the part of, you know, become a, becoming a – professional football player and just becoming a professional in general um, is just, you know, fixing it after the first mistake um, and just moving forward from there. Now, I think we all watched uh, your draft party and you, you weren't selected until the seventh round, which surprised a lot of people actually. And a lot of our sort of fans who are like totally into the draft, you know, proper draft nerds were going, I can't believe we've got this guy in the seventh round. Do you come into this with a chip on your shoulder or are you like, okay, look, I'm just thankful to be selected. And now the 
the hard work starts and this is when I'm going to prove my my worth. What's your kind of attitude coming into the, the season? Yeah, well, honestly, you know, a little bit of both. Uh, probably 50-50 right down the middle. Um, you know, no matter if I was drafted, you know, first round or, or an undrafted free agent, uh, just being able, being able to be a part of, you know, any NFL program is definitely a blessing for sure. Uh, you know, flip side of thing, you know, going in the seventh round, um, you know, I was a little shocked as well, uh, but that's the way it is. Um, and, you know, no, like I said, no matter where you go in the draft, the first round or the seventh round, once you get to your team, once you get to your program, you know, it's what you do from there on out. Mm. Uh, and, you know, like I said, you know, if I was drafting the first round, if I was drafting the seventh round, well, one thing I can, you know, say for sure is that my mentality would not change at all. Um, you know, I've played this game for a long time and I've always approached it the same exact way with the same mindset, um, going into high school, going into college and now going into the pros. Um, it's obviously brought me great success. Um, so like I said, you know, no matter where I, um, even though I was in the seventh round, it could have been anywhere, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, any of those rounds as well. Um, same mindset, same approach into the game, um, and same mentality for sure. I mean, that's a great attitude because I, as fans, I often, I'm sure we all think, what would I be like on draft night? What would I be like? And if they, if they, you know, if a team didn't draft me where, you know, the experts were predicting, would I be angry or whatever? But that's a great attitude because you're right. It's kind of, doesn't matter where, you, ultimately, it doesn't matter where you got drafted. It's like you are on an NFL team now, right? So this is where the fun starts. And uh, I think a lot of people, again, people who have watched your, your clips on video and your tape or whatever, people can't wait to see you in action because you the energy that you bring is just incredible and the motor and the relentlessness is fantastic. Um, I did watch an interview where you said um, that Trey Hendrickson was one of your favorite players and um, and now you're playing with Trey Hendrickson now I think you said that before Trey had joined the Bengals so that must be kind of quite odd what are you going to say to Trey Hendrickson next week when he if he you know if yeah. there's an opportunity well uh, you know, obviously just introduced myself um, you know we've you know, kind of met over virtual with Zooms and meetings and all that kind of stuff, but not, you know, actually in person. But, um, yeah, just obviously introduce myself and, you know, um, just be ready to be like, you know, I kind of approach this with the mindset of kind of being like a sponge, um, absorbing and just watching and learning, taking in all the information, as much information as I can um, in such a quick amount of time, just so I'm ready, um, you know, for week one and the first game of the week. And, you know, not just Trey Henderson as well, but, you know, guys like Sam Hubbard as well. Um, successful vets that have been in the league for three or four years uh, that are truly professionals on and off the field um, and know how to take care of themselves and, you know, carry themselves the right way. And like I said, you know, my mentality is just, you know, watch and observe them and just learn and learn what they do, how they do it, and just apply that to my game as well. And how have the vets been? Have they been all welcoming and cool and 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 kind of sharing information and helping you settle in? Yeah, definitely they have. Um, they're not here right now physically in person. Uh, you know, like I said, over Zoom call and virtually and, you know, text messages, all that stuff, they've been very helpful, uh, which is, you know, super good for us rookies. Mm. 
Right, but uh, we'll wrap this up, White. You've been very kind with your time. Thank you very much. Um, if we're cheering you, uh, well, one of the questions, you're obviously your hair's a talking point, I have, to, I have to say. I don't have the luxury of hair anymore. Um, so I am basking in your, your lustrous locks there. Uh, one of our... One of our uh, group asked me to ask you, do you take one bottle or two bottles into the shower? I take two. You take um, two, right. Okay. Just to clear that up. And also, did have you modelled yourself on Clay Matthews, both as a player and in the in the hair game? I don't know why I'm talking about hair. I've got a chance to interview yeah, White Hubert, and I'm talking about hair, for goodness no, you're sake. you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> uh, well, you know, player-wise, yes. Um He's one of my favorite players growing up. He's who I idled, who's who I loved watching on Sundays. Mm. And um, the hair, you know, that was kind of just a decision that, you know, my teammates, my freshman or sophomore year said I should give it a shot. And I was like, oh, well, let's try it out. Uh, but, you know, I definitely, you know, watching Clay Matthews, wanted to be like him for sure, wanted to play yeah. like him. But uh, the hair was kind of just, a, you know, a side thing that uh, just, you know, um, coincidentally, you know, happened (laughs) (laughs) um and finally Wyatt do you have a nickname so when we're cheering the Bengals on from 5,000 miles away on a Sunday night as it is here um what should we shout out loud when Wyatt Hubert makes us uh you know gets a sack or a TFL or makes an amazing stop what are we going to shout out yeah um (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of nicknames, but okay. in college, um, in college, a bunch of my teammates just called me Thor from Marvels. <laughs> okay, right. That's probably the, the only thing that people have really called me besides my first name, but uh, that's the first one I can think of. <laughs> okay, we're going to go Wyatt or, or Thor, I think. Thor would be great. Listen, Wyatt, we, um, we wish you nothing but the best. We're, we're Genuinely, we're really excited to see you play and, and and see what you can do and how you can improve the team. I say, you know, the roster's remade. There's lots of exciting players there. Um, so, listen, enjoy OTAs, enjoy the process, and we can't see wait to see you on the field, man. Definitely, Paul. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Appreciate thank, it. Thank you for the time. Best of luck. Well, there we go. That was... Uh, Seventh round defensive end Wyatt Hubert, and um, he's full of the joys of a spring, isn't he? He's where it raring to go. He's he can't wait to to get going and and uh, make a real difference. And as I said during the the uh, the interview, there, I think a lot of people were surprised he, he lasted that long and were absolutely delighted that. Um, that uh, that we picked him up. Were you were you happy with that pickup in the seventh? I mean, I, I don't do a lot of, of um, deep draft work. I'm not White Dockers, so yes. I don't know every player in the draft. I looked up uh, White Huber on YouTube after we picked him. You know, he seems a good guy. He seems um, hardworking. Um, he he doesn't look out of place um, on that Kansas State defense. Um, and he's another he's another weapon to have. Um, it's a difficult position to get in at uh, defensive end for, for the Bengals this, this year because there's so many players yeah. and such a great diversity of players um, that we have at the position. Um, but you know, I'm backing him. Um, we'll we'll see 
what level his hard work pays off at and you know maybe he's going to be contributing by by the time we get round to to winter i think that's the, the thing like you say there's there's quite a diversity of players there there's not there's not really any of the really tall bendy guys that that marvin and zim used to go for right like your michael johnson's or your carlos dunlaps they're a lot more kind of intense and compact in their in their physicality aren't they it's no longer six foot five six foot six it's now more six three six four that kind of uh, range and because so who we got that we got hubbard we've got hendrickson we've got sample we've got um hubert kareem kali kareem no one's talking about him Osai. Uh, yeah, Osai is the big one, of course. And um, we've got um, what's his name that kept turning up? Amani Bledsoe as well, I believe. Um, so it is going to be tough for him. But I think the Bengals seem to have really gone for um, that high motor, relentless sort of energy and genuine insanity there. Um, and I think Wyatt kind of with all. You know, due respect with the insanity side, he's not insane, but um, he's he's got that sort of motor and relentlessness, which I think the Bengals are looking for, aren't they? Yeah, and um, like I say, it's, it's an uphill battle for him, but I expect that when we get to the end of training camp, he's going to be right in and around that roster, mm. um, and he's going to be a prospect that that we need to hold on to, and I wonder if that is the thing that keeps him off the practice squad yeah. if that's the thing that puts him onto that active roster yeah it's interesting and I was interested to hear what he said about that first day of rookie camp it must be quite a thing when you you know you're used to big games and playing in front of big crowds but this is like you know this is like the big league literally the big league and um, don't know how I'd react actually um, if I if I was drafted and kind of I don't know how would you handle it all? Yeah, you know, you'd have have all your mates around for <laughs> for the uh, draft night and it'd all go a bit sort of Jackson Carmen. Yes, uh, <laughs> you know, you'd, have, you'd have three hot dogs in forty seconds. Yeah, you'd have um, you'd have the phone call. Everyone cheers, and then a couple of terrible interviews. I think really there's there's not not, not enough time to react to no, being drafted because true. you're you're doing so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, straight from the draft process into mini camp, they're going to go straight from mini camp into OTAs. They're going to go straight from OTAs into into proper camp. And really, this is this is their life now as a professional. Mm. Um, they might have a bit of time to to look around the city. Obviously, they, they won't be in the. Um, the, they won't be in the Millennium Hotel anymore because that's been knocked down. Um, yeah. They're going to be kind of up somewhere near the stadium. They're going to be downtown. and They're, they're going to be getting used to, to the new surroundings. Uh, a little bit like Jamar Chase, who is now on a scooter, apparently. Um, now, now, Houday can't even get on his scooter now. It's Jamar Chase on a scooter, which is, uh, again, hashtag pray for, for Houday there. Um yeah, it, it must be just like a complete mind scramble, really, because, as you say, you're sitting there with the draft. And we would, in Wyatt's case, he had to wait right till the seventh round. And I mean, would you would you have, would you be angry about that? Because me personally, I think I would be 
I would be relieved more than anything, you know, be like, well, I'm actually on a roster. Now I can show what, you know, they're really about, what I'm really about. Whereas a lot of people who are, who last that long always say they've got a chip on their shoulder. They're really angry. Um, I might be a bit opposite to that. What about you? How would you feel? Well, I've never really put myself in the position of, uh, <laughs> of, of almost being drafted to, to a professional league. Um, however, if you're thinking back to when you're at PE at school and yeah. <laughs> you're not picked in the first few times and it just gets a bit boring and you're just thinking, oh, can I can I go before yeah. some of the really uh, unathletic kids? Um I mean, I, I always, I always used to be a mid-round selection, and I think you kind of know where you're going to get picked. Yeah. So if you're looking after that, you you might have all the rights to to feel a bit upset about that. Um, and if you pick before that, then you know, happy days. Did you, when people were picking those teams, and for our American listeners, I'm sure there's an equivalent. So basically, you're playing a soccer game, say five on five or whatever. It might be a basketball. Actually, basketball might be the the nearest equivalent, you're playing five on five, two team captains get selected and then they have to choose players one by one. And it's that kind of awful feeling when your name doesn't get chosen after about two or three or four, you're thinking, oh God, come on. And then did you ever used to make kind of nodding glances at the team captain going, (laughs) give them a little wink and say, come on, I'm still here, still here. Wouldn't it be great if the draft process was more like that, where there'd just be a line of players and they just had to kind of wink and nod at the various teams choosing that would be quite fun i think like nfl draft meets bruce's price is right where they have them all <laughs> yeah you know, jamar chase come on down yeah. <laughs> come on down absolutely yeah yeah um anyway we can't thank Wyatt enough it's always great to hear um rookies because they've got some really interesting stories and, and obviously they're delighted to have been chosen by their respective teams and last year of course we managed to talk to Marcus Bailey and I think with the UK fans he he came across really well and um, I think UK fans here still really root for Marcus don't they because um, uh, he came over so well on the podcast and I think uh, I hope everyone's gonna root for Wyatt because he came over pretty well and yes I did ask him about his hair care uh, regime. Uh, anyway, right. Um, let's get. To, we've got a couple of things to talk about. We've got something quite big coming up in the middle of June, which we will tell you about. We've got something quite big happening in the autumn, which we will tell you about in due course. Uh, we're going to start our watch parties again uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, so you'll have about a month's worth of classic Bengals games. On every Sunday night, uh, in the period between, I would say, uh, OTAs and training camp. So you will have football every Sunday, and then we get on the roller coaster. It'll be training camp and roster cuts and signings, and then bang the preseason, and then the season itself. And we haven't actually gone through the the, the fixtures yet. So let's just quickly. Uh, I know everyone's sort of got these printed out and pinned to their fridge, and uh, kind of. Uh, circled the games that they quite fancy. Um, so pre-season starts on Saturday, August the 14th. Uh, and we play Tampa in Tampa. Then Friday the 20th of August, we are at Washington. 
Sunday the 29th of August we host the Miami Dolphins and then we get into the real meat of the season. Week 1 home to Minnesota, week 2 at Chicago, week 3 at Pittsburgh, week 4 on uh, Thursday night uh, prime time we host Jacksonville uh, and then the following Sunday we host Green Bay, then we are at Detroit then at Baltimore and at New York. So there's three away games on the trot there. Uh, Sunday, November the 7th, we are at home to Cleveland. Then we've got a bye week. Then we're, we, well, yes, we're at uh, Vegas, uh, home to Pittsburgh, home to the Chargers, home to the 49ers. So there's three um, consecutive home games there. Then we are at Denver in the middle of December. Hopefully that might be a snow game. When was the last time the Bengals had a snow game? Can you remember? Oh, I can't. I, that none sort of. I can't remember either. I'm, I'm sure there must have been something at some point. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it, it, this might be one of those questions where it's really obvious and really recent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe the Baltimore game. The um, the Tyler Boyd Dalton one. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that was, I mean, that was Baltic. Um, yeah, yeah. It looked as well. Um, so. After Denver, we are at home to Baltimore, then home to the Chiefs, and then we finish off the season in Cleveland on January the 9th. Uh, so, yeah, only uh, one primetime game that may change as the season progresses and we start to win games, but... You've had a week or so to sort of process those games. Are you any more optimistic or are you still fairly level-headed about this, uh, Jamie? I want to see what they put out before I start mm. putting my into any maps um, and start plotting You know what we're doing deep into January. Yeah. Um, I We're in a tough division. Yeah. I, I don't think the Steelers will be as good as they have been in previous years, um, but Baltimore and, and Cleveland are both right up there. Um, we're going to have difficulty with the NFC North. Um, I think, you know, at least three of the teams in that division are, are playoff-worthy teams. Um, we do get some some good breaks at, at points. We do get some teams that that I think we can um, cause trouble against. I think we'll be a fun team. I don't think we'll be a good team. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I. It's way too early to tell before you sort of ticking and crossing against yeah, some of yeah. some of these teams here. I think we'll beat Detroit. I think we'll lose against Kansas City if we're playing Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, are we playing? No, we're not. Oh yeah, we are playing the Chiefs. Um, yeah. So, you know, we we're at least one and one across the season, <laughs> and the rest are, are a question mark. Yeah, I think I think there are some winnable games there. There's some terrifying games in there as well. But you know, if we can get off to a good start and uh, and Joe Boy gets into his rhythm and everything's going well, and, the, and crucially the offensive line is improved, I think that's what, what we're all waiting for, isn't it? Um, then I don't know if we're sort of something like, for instance, three and O or four and O when we get to the Packers or three and one. Then you know momentum and confidence is a big thing in sport, and um, so who knows? But you're right; it's probably too early to start thinking about 
record predictions and all the rest of it, isn't it? So, um, so in the meantime, let's get to our correspondence. And of course, we are at Today underscore UK. Uh, let's start with Pete Dadswell at Daddies. What? Solid yeah, yeah. Feel free to pitch in with a solid. No, I want a Yorkshire version of Solid Handle. Okay. Um... <laughs> the full boycott. Yeah. Uh, Peter Daswell at Dadders. What wins the Bengals more games next season? Offense working at hundred percent, but defense at seventy percent, or defense working at hundred percent. Well, offense is only at seventy percent. It's an offensive league, so um, you know if if your offense is, is really firing and your defense is just a bit good, I'm I prefer that situation. All the rules are skewed in favor of the offense. Um, you know, you get all the dodgy pass interferences. You get kind of. You know, it, it it's it's set up for offenses to score points to 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 sort of have these shootouts. The NFL wants entertainment, and that is the way that that the modern game is. Mm. So yeah, I, I want my offense at a hundred percent, and I want my defense at seventy percent. Um, because frankly, if the defense is at seventy percent, that's probably about twice as good as they were last year. Yeah, no, I agree. And if the defense is at seventy percent. Then we probably wouldn't have won more games last year. We would have beaten the Colts. We would have beaten the Eagles. Um, we'd certainly beaten the Giants, I think. And um, so yeah, I go with you. It's an offensive league. I think you know they've obviously drafted and loaded up on skill positions. And um, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think uh, the offense is going to win some games next next year. I really do. Uh, Memphis Soul Stewart Stewart Baird six eight eight. Ignore position. Ignore position group. What is your jersey number and why? Um, people are getting their new uniform and new jerseys through, aren't they? The UK is starting to see an influx of new stripes, and it's all very exciting. And I know one person who has got his new stripes, don't I, Jamie? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm wearing them now. Um, so if you could uh, imagine me in your mind's eye, um, I'm currently wearing my own name and my own number. Um, I have had 13 on the back of um, football shirts and uh, NFL jerseys for a long time. Um, that is my number, except from for when I actually played. And when I actually played, I was number 87 because um, it was a tight end. And I'm a real stickler for having a proper number for the position that you're playing at. Yeah. So So what was your number at tight end then? Uh, 87. 87, that's a good number, solid number. Solid number, solid number. Right, um, so you're 13. What would I go for? Um, So you've got an orange jersey. I can see it now on the screen. And you've got row on the back. And it does look pretty good. How's How's it feeling on? Is it a nice feel? Yeah, it's it's, it's good fit. I mean, I've, I've... This is a, a slight humble brag, but um, I've lost quite a bit of weight over mm. the past few months. This is a size smaller than I'd usually get. Nice. And it's quite a nice fit. Um, it's long. Yeah. Um, it's got a tape bottom, um, which sort of helps with that. Um, but, yeah, it keeps all your, all your gutty midgets covered. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing too egregious hanging out. 
So do you think uh, Beyonce, is it Beyonce long? Could she wear it as a as a warm piece like she did with the Palmer jersey? Um, she's she's quite giddy, so she could certainly wear mine um, as that. Um, I, I, I think it all depends with the tailoring. Um, we'll see if McDowell... Uh, when, well, when that was going to be my next question. Will Tom McD- will it fit Tom McDowell in, as a one piece? Because if you haven't seen this, uh, listeners, our very own Tom McDowell decided to do his own version of Beyonce wearing Carson Palmer, and uh, and it is one of the greatest photographs of all time. Um, I think I would go for twenty one, number twenty one. I'd go black twenty one. James Brooks, my favourite player of Bengals all time. Uh, closely run by Boomer and David Fulcher. But, yeah, I'd go 21, James Brooks, black. How about that? Yeah, it works. Solid. Um, Sam Anger, at Sam underscore Anger. Um, oh, crap. Twitter, oh, really great. <laughs> yeah. Hello, boys. Number one, which has the highest number by the end of the 2021 season? T Higgins, TDs, or Lou Anarumu, games coached? I think Anarumu is going to coach 18 games, so I'm going to say T Higgins touchdowns. Oh, hello. Okay. Oh, I like the way you flip that. Uh, well, this is the big question, I think. They've loaded up on all this talent, and it really is down now to Zach and his team to get get the most of them. As we keep saying, there really aren't any excuses now, are there, for Zach and his team? And Lou, Lou's seat was pretty hot last year, and um, it's going to be interesting to see what he comes up with in terms of scheme and... And all the rest of it. And um, I listened to it around the NFL podcast. When was it? Last week. And Greg Rosenthal was having a bit of a go at Lou, actually. Just saying, you know, they signed this guy. No one knew who he was. And um, even though, you know, Lou has, has had a successful NFL career because he wouldn't have got to the stage otherwise. So, but yeah, I, th- I, I see that. I see his point And... Um, so yeah, I still. But you know, they're famously loyal, aren't they? So unless any disasters happen, I'm going to go for Lou Games coached. I think. And Sam's second question is: Who do you predict will be in the Bengals UK Most Improved Player category at the end of the season? Give me two names. Right, I'll start with this. Two. You have a thing, <laughs> but I'm going to say the entire offensive line because I do think the hiring or rehiring of Frank Pollack is pretty significant and uh, there's been a lot of chat on Twitter recently uh, about Jim Turner's um, you know the, or at least the technique that Jim Turner was was coaching and that's come in come under fire quite a lot of fire actually um, so I think even though Jonah was solid before his injury I would expect to come him if he if he can stay injury free to come on in leaps and bounds. I even expect someone like Mike Jordan, who, bless him, had a torrid time last year, to be improved this year. Whether he'll crack the starting lineup, I'm not sure. But um, people like, you know, Surfilo, Spain, Hopkins, you know, Billy Price has a really good relationship with Frank, doesn't he? And then, of course, you get to Jackson Carmen and Riley Reef, who is a seasoned veteran. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say the entire offensive line. There's about five or six candidates there, Sam. What about you, Jamie? Yeah, mine, mine ties into that. So, um, so obviously, Frank Pollock's coming. He's coming as the offensive line coach. He's also coming as the 
run game coordinator, and I think that's going to be a big thing for Joe Mixon. Um, he's going to have more of an organised front ahead of him, and I think that can only lead to, to profit. Also, the fact that the rest of the offence is going to be this, this downfield behemoth um, <laughs> with, with Joey Burrow tossing dimes to uh, to Jamar Chase and yeah. with the slot and, and Higgins doing his best sort of Chad Johnson impression. Um, I, I I think this is Mixon's um, to take on. On defence, um, I hope um, that we see an improvement from the cornerbacks. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, we, we're getting Trey Waynes back. Um, we don't know what he is. We don't know what he's he's bringing to, to the party. Um, but uh, that's, a, that's a position group that's going to improve. Um, so for my second player, I'll say Darius Phillips. Oh, see, I think Darius needs a bit of love, doesn't he, from, from wherever he can get it, so we're happy to give it. Uh, TJ Hushmanzada's shiny shoes at TJ's underscore shiny underscore shoes. TJ's oh, shiny shoes. Cracking, really cracking uh, Twitter handle. That's great uh, <laughs> handle there. And it's a very good question. Mike Brown is on the blower. The rookies are in town for their mini camp and need to bond. You're in charge of the kitty. What alcoholic drinks should he order oh. for each of the draftees and why? P.S. He wants them to feel special, so it can't just be 10 cans of Tiger Stripe. They each need their own individual drink. We can't go through every rookie and assign uh, an individual drink, can we? Um, It's a big draft class. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm, I'm, uh, if, I, if I'm Mike Brown... Um, you know he's looking for looking for kind of uh, cost effectiveness. I'm I'm off down <laughs> the local alley and yeah. I'm getting a couple of crates of Saint Etienne uh, to get to get down them um, there. Uh, the the Aldi Stella Artois knockoff. Um, I don't know. I'd take them out for fancy cocktails and we'll see um, we'll see how their individuality comes out there. Yeah. Um, you know millennials these days generation x the the young folk they they don't drink as much as as uh as the old timers so they might all be teetotal i um you know that would be helpful if you're a if you're a sports organization but um you know i'm taking i'm taking them for post drinks um they deserve it they're they're, they're on the, they're on the team now I bought uh, myself, I treated myself uh, earlier on this year, around my birthday actually, uh, to a bottle of Jaffa cake rum. And uh, so I think I'd get a couple, I'd get a good case of Jaffa cake rum, which basically is dark rum flavoured with orange and chocolate. And it is is really, really quite good indeed. Um, So I'd definitely bring a couple of bottles with that. Jamar Chase has got to have a chaser, really, hasn't he? You would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Of I'm, what I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. It's got to be some sort of, you know, one of those vodka fountains or whatever. Some fancy cocktails. Um, I, I think from McPherson, you, you need something that would steady his nerve before a big kick. So something so really something, strong, something stiff. Um, Tenants, you know, a, a, a brandy that that uh, 
that'll get him get him sorted. I, I think sort of if we go back to early days of Tour de France where they just had loads of brandy all yeah. the way along, um, and it was seen as this kind of nerve tonic. Um, <laughs> that might be that might be the way forward. I'm I'm willing to put myself forward as as the head of. Um, of physical development for the team if, okay. if they want to have my brandy only diet um, okay <laughs> yeah um i've never really had brandy but it's become quite popular with the youngsters hasn't it the uh what do you call it corvazier is that how you pronounce it yeah yeah uh, yeah. cognac yeah uh, yeah yeah it gets mentioned in a lot of, of of the popular hits of the day yeah um yeah i'm down with um i I would have it as a student, um, just to, as a cure-all for anything, because um, you know you can get cheap brandy, but you can't really be bothered getting hold of paracetamol. Yeah, uh, exactly. So if you had yeah. it, get some brandy now. You know, I'd have it in a student union as well. So there'd be a pool table, maybe uh, some sort of quality jukebox, and I'd want dancing on the tables by the end of the night. I think. Um, uh, right, Dom at Bumbling Bengal. Oh, street good is really great sort of Twitter, fantastic Twitter handle. It's the sort of stuff you like to see. <laughs> hey guys, hope you're doing well. After losing four captains this off season, AJ Geo, Josh Bynes, Sean Williams, who do you think replaces them? I reckon the captains will end up being Burrow, Mixon, Boyd, Hopkins and or Reef, Hubbard, Bell, Hilton and or Bates and Huber. Yeah, you know, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Dom. Um and they did cite that certainly last draft, as you mentioned earlier, Jamie, that they drafted a lot of guys who were captains on their team. So um, there's there's quite a lot of candidates out there, really. It seems to be kind of, you know, there's kind of quite a lot of leaders on the field, which I think is what they wanted, really. And um, but yeah, I think I think uh, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Pretty much that. I can't really think of anybody else that would be experienced. Now that- one of the questions is whether Huber actually makes the roster, because um, there, there have been murmurs about mm. in Bengals town uh, that they like Drew Chrisman, and I, I did like Drew Chrisman pre-draft as well. Um, we'll see if that comes into into any fruition. Um, obviously, Burrow's going to be a captain. I think Logan Wilson will yeah. end up being a captain, um, just because of the importance of the position he plays, yeah. um, his involvement play calling and all that um jesse bates iii um he's going to be one um he's the most important part of 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 the defense and then you're kind of looking around the offense and i think tyler boyd is a really good yeah, example of a yeah, player yeah, who, yeah, yeah. um you know he 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 was at one point on his last legs as, as a bengals player mm. and he really turned it around didn't he yeah his attitude in in getting getting to this position where he's regarded as um, a vital part of the offense is um, something that some other players could really really help uh, be helped by. Mm, mm. All good shouts, and you know it's nice to have leaders on the field, isn't it? You can't get too many, as the cliche goes. Matt Moon at Matt Moon, he uh, quote tweets uh, Joe Goodbury, who talks about. Um, the potential of picking up or at least trading for the Washington tackle Morgan Moses. 
and uh, Joe Goodbury says, what are we talking? Fourth round pick, move Reef to offensive guard, raise the level of talent on the uh, offensive line. So Joe's up for that. And Matt asks, could the Bengals do this? Should the Bengals do this? I think they might be. I mean, yes, they could do it. Should they do it? I'm not sure. I, I think they're pretty comfortable with what they've got on the offensive line. But Joe makes the point you should never, ever stop trying to to improve you know, a, a position group that desperately needed uh, improving in the off-season. Now, yes, I think we probably have improved it with the signing of Reef and the, and the drafting of Carmen, or at least you hope so. But... Um, what about that, Jamie Moses? Would you would you would you spend a fourth on him? It's not a euphemism, but um, um, I, I think in an ideal world, if I'm sort of there as as sort of Duke Tobin, we're playing championship NFL GM <laughs> yeah. um, 0102. I'm I'm comfortable with um, with throwing a draft pick at at, at Washington C. Um, to see if they, if they accept. Um, the more, the merrier in terms of the positions. Now, we're dealing with real life, though. We're dealing with the Bengals in real life. They've spent quite a bit on Riley Reef. I think they've made it very, very clear that he's now going to be the starter. I don't buy what Goodbury said about Reef moving to right guard. Mm. Uh, that's Jackson Carm's job to lose. And if it came to it, I'd prefer probably having Carmen in to to reef as a stopgap. You know, he's young, but you're going to go with the young guy to 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 see what you have going ahead. Um, Moses was apparently 18th rated uh, offensive tackle in football last year, so you know he's pretty good. Um, but as I say, I think, I mean, should they do it? Is perhaps a different question to to could they do i think they could if they wanted to but i just i just really think that they're comfortable with who they've got the thing that i'd like to see them them sort out uh between now and camp is uh is get an a, a decent veteran linebacker i think that's got to be top of the the list the shopping list still and i think then you'd feel i don't know pre- i'd feel pretty comfortable with a with the roster as it is at the moment, there's lot, there's lots of moving parts, lots of variables, but you know, um, suddenly our wide receiver group looks really tasty. Mixon's back, Borrow's back. You'd hope he plays to the same standard. Offensive line obviously is a, is a work in progress. They beefed up the defensive line. Uh, they they added a hell of a lot more depth to the secondary. So. You know, I think it is an improved roster. Let's let well, let's hope it is anyway. So, um, uh, there we go. Well, thank you very much to everyone who sent in a question. Of course, we are at Whoday underscore UK. Uh, Nathan should be back next week, but uh, thank you to Jamie for standing in, and uh, a big thanks to White Hubert as well for spending a little bit of time with us. So, until next week, it is a Whoday for me. And a who day from me. Thank you very much, Stan. That was great. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.